You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I'm really tired. Got a lot going on in your body. <laughs> I do have a lot going on in my body and I feel throw upy and grumpy and me and Crystal just went to work out and it was horrible. <laughs> it was not what we signed up for. <laughs> and I was so mad. <laughs> I was struggling the whole time. You're like, you couldn't get past the idea that this is not what we signed up for. (laughs) I was like, this was not, I have to be ready, mentally ready. And you like surprised me in not a good way. Right. Well, because the different classes, you really do have to mentally prepare and be like, okay, I am ready to exert X amount of energy during this workout. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because me and Krista, we go to a yoga, a hot yoga place, and they have many variations of yoga and hot yoga and hot flow, which is just a very intense version of a hot yoga. And... And we signed up for hot flow this morning, but it was not hot flow. And I love hot flow. It was more of like a cardio flow, which is more like cardio in a hot sauna, which is ridiculous. I mean, afterwards, it was like Alexis's body, like, just felt weird and off. My face was having like an a- allergic reaction. <laughs> so this is what happens when you don't get the your students ready. You can't just spring stuff up on us. Anyway, so... You led us astray. So, you know, that was just, like, the first start to our day. To our morning, so that's great. You know, but here's the thing. That doesn't mean we're going to have a bad day. We just had a rough start, right? Think of it, like, what do they say? Like, uh, think of of your day like uh, football quarters. You know, that was just the first quarter of our day. Like, we can come back in the second quarter stronger Krista and her optimism. Can you tell that, like, <laughs> this might be a surprise to most of our listeners, but whenever, it's most of the time I'm grumpy and she's <laughs> lifting me up. It's like she's the one who talks me off the ledge, okay? You know, but I, what I think works is the fact that typically, other than last week, typically we're never both in that same mindset. You know yeah, what I mean? So, like, we right. have each other to pull our pull each other out of that rut or that like way of thinking yeah or like last week we're both like "Mm, nah (laughs) no i'm just gonna sit in it (laughs) i'm just gonna sit right here i'm just gonna lay right here so we both equally pull each other off the ledge it's just different yeah times ways sometimes i feel like it's mostly you though (laughs) (laughs) which i feel is natural no you do it a lot to me too yeah Anyways, so today we're going to be talking about, (laughs) which this might be actually perfect for where we're at emotionally and mentally. Right. Well, for me, I don't know about you. I'm not going to speak for you. What do you mean by that, though? Because I've been struggling emotionally the past week. Yes, okay. Just Mm -hmm. being transparent here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've had a lot of anxiety 
I've had a lot of nightmares and it just, I mean, the nightmare, I haven't had nightmares in the past few nights, so, which is, that's good. We're good. So I can breathe now, but I have been struggling with lots of pain in the chest, like, which is anxiety. Mm -hmm. My like inner world is tightening and I have like chaos in my mind, but everything outside of me is fine. But like I, my body does not feel safe. Yeah, you're emotionally overwhelmed. Yes. So, <laughs> a leeway into. <laughs> we could talk about younger, younger versions of ourselves instead. Exactly. We're <laughs> going to, this episode, which you can already tell by the title, is Dear Younger Me. Me and Krista talk about a lot on here, the inner child work. We don't really say it or title it as that, but that's what typically we um, lean towards in and um, for our listeners and even when I coach people it's like helping that inner child that keeps coming up Mm -hmm. and getting your attention and screaming and yelling at you like you might have your inner child in the driver's seat right and you in the passenger seat (laughs) or you're probably having the inner child in the back seat and it's screaming at you and you just don't give a fuck (laughs) so there's different types of Ways you're not listening to that younger me, but how many of us have thought about if we could go back Mm -hmm. to a certain age or whatever age came to mind, what would you say to that little girl? What would you say to that little boy? Yeah. Or even if it was just like two years ago or three, four, five, like whatever pops in your mind. I know when we actually, Krista is the one who came up with this idea of an episode, which was amazing. And at first, we were going to call it Dear 15-Year-Old Me, mm-hmm. but that's because you thought about the age 15 years old, mm-hmm. And but whenever I think about it, I think of, like, 8-Year-Old Alexis. Mm. Okay, and there's reason. So, like, I, I really do, like, before we really dive into it, like, I just want you to think, when we say Dear Younger Me, what age pops into your mind? And don't overthink it. Don't, I think, oh, my God, I have to get this answer right. Like, no, 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 no. Like, what's the first instinct, first gut intuition number that comes to mind? Right. Because all I know is I said, dear 15-year-old me, and then later I was reflecting, and I was like, wait, why 15? You know what I mean? Well, and then, well, when I was thinking about it this week, too, right before we were going to record, I was like, at first it was eight-year-old, and then another version of me, which is the four-year-old, which I'll Mm -hmm. tell you why in a second, but I want to start with you. But it was two versions of me that were very pivotal. Ooh, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay. So, well, I want... Oh, do you want to say something? No, go ahead. I want to ask you... I want you to explain your process of why 15-year-old me. She's got her journal out, guys. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. I was like, <laughs> listen, I have to. Oh, that was okay. I have to, like, write stuff down because my brain sometimes goes, like, a mile per minute and I can't keep up. And then I lose it all. So I'm like, uh, I got to write it down and process it. That's just how I work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so Alexis and I were having that conversation of, like, okay, Krista, why did you choose 15? What about 15 was significant? And I'm not going to lie, in order to figure out what I was doing at that time, I did. (laughs) I did first think about, like, where I was at, you know, what was it like at home? What was it like 
at school and I did go and look at my Facebook and I scrolled all the way back. <gasps> really? <laughs> oh my God. When I tell you I cringed a little bit. Wait, I were cr- we friends at 15? <clears throat> we had to have been. Yeah. Like just starting out then. No. Right? <laughs> I was 27. Oh, then no. Exactly. It was right before. Yeah, right before. Yeah, a year before or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was it a year? Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, okay. it was a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so it was 15-year-old me, I guess, was in ninth and in 10th grade, so it just depends. So freshman year. Yeah, freshman year and then headed into right sophomore. Okay, go okay, ahead. Okay, cool. Anyways, <laughs> so I literally wrote down, I was like, well, why 15? So 15-year-old me was a freshman at Harwood Junior High. Um, okay, for – okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> Most people would be like, a freshman in junior high? Yes, oh, that's, that's right. just the way <laughs> – where we live at works elementary school is kindergarten through six junior high is seventh through ninth high school is 10th through 12th which honestly side note threw me for a curve whenever i realized that we, we aren't normal normal <laughs> yeah because i look at everybody else like no y'all are crazy like this yeah, is like normal. that's so weird y'all are weird it's so funny how we like say to other people like y'all are weird because of are normal or something like that. I'm sorry, words are hard today. Because your normal's not my normal. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we call them weird. Okay, go okay, ahead. Okay, anyways. Um, so, unbeknownst to me, this was going to be my last year playing sports. And just a little background, like, my whole life had been revolved around sports. And mm. this was going to be my very last year um, doing that. <laughs> Another thing that I noticed about 15-year-old Krista was when I looked at my pictures from, like, 8th grade to ninth grade, it was like you see this shy, awkward, you know, teenager who, like, doesn't know how to do her makeup. Her makeup's all, like, you know, crumbly. Her eyes <laughs> look so small because she doesn't take her makeup off. <laughs> she just keeps oh. reapplying. Oh, I remember back in the day, it's like you had to have black eyeliner <laughs> all around just to look like a, a raccoon, but it was so cool to have that. I had, exactly. I did that. And then she had braces. She, You could tell, like, that she had, like, straightened her hair, but it was, like, still, like, fuzzy and poofy. Like, you know, so, like, that awkward stage and then literally it's like ninth grade Krista she got her braces off her smile is bright like she learned how to do her hair like she just looks you know that transition from like a little teenager like oh you're growing into an adult yeah growing into a woman and in in a woman's body most of us got our periods around that time yeah exactly so I'm transitioning in that way too um but what I noticed about that one the most is the fact that I Looked completely different, but very much still felt the same. Like, that Krista before 15 very much felt like she was ugly, fat, not, you know what I mean? An outcast. An outcast. Didn't belong. Mm -hmm. People, like, guys would, and, and when I say make fun of, I mean, like, those little comments. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, and I think I've shared this in my story at the very beginning. Like, I remember I loved this Batman shirt. (laughs) I don't know why I, okay. So I love shirts that have like the way that they fit and the Batman shirt like fit well. And I just love the way that it fit. So I wore it all the time. And I remember this guy that was older than me came up to me. He was like, why do you wear that Batman shirt all the time? And I was like, because I like it. (laughs) Like that's why I wear it. And he was like, well, it makes you look like a dyke. 
Oh my I was god. Like, yeah. Okay, so I look like a boy. Like cuz I'm maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Well, right, just because like whenever you think of dykes, like they look like men. Yeah. So I was like okay, okay. So I'm not attractive obviously cuz I look like a guy, you know? So those things were going in my head. So, right. You're just saying, like, oh, I'm supposed to look like a woman, but now <laughs> people are calling me that I'm a dyke, mm-hmm. but I'm but I'm a woman, but you think I look like a man, so am I just an ugly... You know, Ex- like, that's just how you received it, and that makes sense. Yeah, like, that was we're my We're not process. speaking to anybody else's experience. This is hers. So, yeah. like, let's <laughs> dial down the cancel culture. <laughs> okay, so just, this is just from her heart, her 15-year-old heart, okay? Yeah. And so it was funny because then, like, whenever I had blossomed, it was, like, that same guy would come and, like, hit on me. And I was just very confused. Like, I still very much felt like that person who, oh, well, I look like a dyke. And I, you know, who I was st- wasn't pretty. Who, who wasn't, wasn't pretty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, Krista, like, you bloomed then. Like, you... You know those moments where, like, in movies where they're like, oh, I went from this ugly thing to this pretty to the girl. Transition. Yeah, like, the yeah. transition. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I'm almost sad that I missed that for myself. You know, I missed that feeling of, like, oh, my God, I love the way I look now, you know, because I was so tied in that thought process of the first, you know, X amount of Believing years. Believing what everybody else was saying mm-hmm. about you. Yes, exactly. You partnered with it. Yes, very much so. Um, so that was happening. Um, my brother was moving out, so I was going to be, like, an only child. So he had moved out and gone to college. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, the only one left at home. That that was what 15-year-old Krista, that's where she was at, okay? And so whenever I'm thinking about, okay, if I could go back and I could talk to my younger self, or I could write a letter to my younger self, like, what would I say to her? What do I feel like would be beneficial to those 15-year-old girls out there right now that feel like I felt, or that were in similar situations? Or honestly, you could probably take this and speak to, you know, like many different types of girls in that 15-year-old area, because I feel like we're all transitioning. We're all going through new things um, in that time in our lives. So. So you okay. wrote the letter? Yes, I wrote a letter. <sighs> um, now, I haven't read through this letter, so just, like, bear with me. So I don't really know. It was just, like. No, this is a no judgment space. We've already told our listeners this. Right. No judgment space. Because this is the first community you, you want to not be judged for. Yeah. Okay. We're not in the four walls of church. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so I said, I said, dear 15-year-old me, I know that what you have experienced and what you are about to experience has and will define how you see yourself and how you show up in the world. I know that you are going through some major transitions and you don't even know it. Your experiences this far have told you that you aren't valued, you aren't beautiful, you aren't wanted for exactly who you are. You feel as though, oh my gosh, this is making me emotional. You feel as though you are alone and you are willing to do anything not to feel that way anymore. You do anything to combat those thoughts inside your head. You begin to mimic those around you that have what you want. It makes sense. You long to feel valued, accepted, and beautiful. But I wish you knew that the experiences you have in life do not define you. They are just that, experiences. 
I wish you knew that you don't have to internalize those and become them. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is, is you are not those experiences or those thoughts. You are simply you. And there's nothing that can define you except you. I want you to practice tuning out the noise from the outside world. Sit with yourself. I want you to notice all the sensations in your body, all the experiences, all the thoughts, all the brain, wait, all the thoughts your brain brain thinks, and all the emotions. But I don't want you to attach yourself to those. You're simply just experiencing them and you aren't them. I wish you would have known this from age 15 instead of waiting till age 25 to figure this out. I love you exactly how you are, and that's what really matters. Love, Krista. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That is so cute. For me, I think it's because that, what I just said, is one of the best things that I learned, and I learned it from us reading The Untethered Soul. And I'm like, oh, if I could have at least had just... just one some some of those words in my 15 year old self I'm not saying that it would have changed anything Mm -hmm. but like just that I know that it has impacted my life so much like I want to tell younger people that like not just obviously I can't tell me that right but right now if there is like a younger person listening like I want them to know that I want them to know that you don't have to wait 10 more years to figure this out well, it's just also having a better understanding of humanity. Yeah. And not the flaws of humanity and not having you not internalizing that. Mm-hmm. Because humans are going to fail. Yeah, absolutely. Your mom's going to fail you. Your dad's going to fail you. Your brother, your sister, your teacher, your coach. That's from their own deficits as a human being. And they have permission to have those. Yeah. Now, it's it's a certain level to where it becomes destructive and abusive. That's a whole nother story. But you get to decide and have a better understanding of yourself and not be able to partner with people's own belief systems about themselves and they're just pouring it out onto others. Exactly. Because I feel like when you're younger, you know, and I think this is like scientifically, right? Everybody is like a, like a narcissist. All you worry about is yourself. And yeah, so, we're all narcissists in yeah. some way or form. <laughs> so I feel like whenever I was younger, my thought process was, well, everything's about me and everything that everybody does is a direct reflection of me. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the capacity to think about other people's experiences and why they might be doing what they're doing. I just thought, oh, they're being mean because they don't like me and I'm probably the worst and I did something. You know what I mean? Like I internalized everything. And that makes sense because all this awareness that's going on in this era right now is wasn't happening Mm -hmm. when we were younger, at Mm -hmm. least not in our world. Like. No, 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 no. Definitely if you're older than us, we know that it never happened in your world. And the South is very different than (laughs) the North and just the mindsets and the belief. Like, it's just different than California or New York or up in the North. Like, we just have some weird belief systems down here. And so I think it really did affect us as kids 
or as the our younger selves because even parenting now is changing mm-hmm. because of the way people are adults and moms and dads are being aware of like oh my gosh everything I do does affect them yeah like my deficits does affect them but also I definitely like so if y'all haven't caught on I'm in education so I'm around kids all the time um and even if you're in education or you're a parent or you're around kids it this all applies to you I'm a strong believer in just talking to kids like humans like not, I mean, obviously there's some things that you, you know, hold back, but as far as like emotions and feelings and all that stuff, like I tell my first graders, I'm like, no, they're not doing it. It's not because of you. Like their actions are because of them and something that they're dealing with. Like I'm very much a believer of having those real conversations with kids because they're humans first. Yeah, It's just learning how to navigate your emotions and navigate humanity around you. Yeah. But you also have to have that knowledge for yourself first before exactly. you can pour that out to somebody else. So Exactly. Well, I really do love that letter. And I want to acknowledge the fact that if y'all did notice, because we have talked about it in past episodes, <laughs> that she met her younger self where she was at in, in those moments. Mm-hmm. She really got in tuned with what Krista was feeling at 15 what her circumstances were like, what her home life was like, and and she got connected to why, oh, wow, because of the circumstances and the experiences that you've been living, it, and it makes so much sense that you are feeling this way in this moment at this age. And she attuned to it. She connected to it. She didn't become it Mm-mm. again. Doing inner child work, Yes, you're going to have a sense of compassion, a sense of empathy, a sense of emotion because this is you. Yeah. This is a part of you, but you also don't become it Mm -hmm. because if you become it, it will probably cause more trauma. (laughs) (laughs) So you're coming alongside that younger version of yourself and you're being that parent or that teacher, or just that adult, that loving adult that you didn't have, Mm -hmm. that you didn't, that didn't help you make sense of everything that was going on inside of you. And you get to finally come at this age with all your knowledge, with all of your healing, Mm -hmm. and you get to come alongside your 15-year-old self, and you get to transform whatever was going on inside of her. And in, in that your belief systems change Oh, absolutely. from that moment. It, yeah. it travels up. I really do. Like God's omnipresent. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like God can, even though we can't change time, we can't travel back in time <laughs> or we can't change the way we lived our life in the past, but we can change the way we view it. Absolutely. We can change the way we perceived everything and received everything. So in a way, you are, quote unquote, traveling back in time and you're re- rewiring mm-hmm. what you, what your brain took it as. Right. And you're healing. Also, another little side note, but it's relevant about the rewiring part. So I was at, I've been at a training for the last two days for my, for my work and it's been really cool because it's all—it's basically all about bringing humanity back to business. Um, and I love that. <laughs> oh my god! And we've talked about you know neuroscience and how to lead based on neuroscience, so based on how people work. 
and they say that it's impossible to rewire your brain, but it's not impossible to make new connections that you make so many of them that they overpower your old connections. And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me because there's many things that I have like new habits. I have new connections, but then there's sometimes where I see myself falling back to my old ways. And that's because I can't completely get rid of that. Like mm-hmm. it is hard, hardwired in my brain. And I don't know, cause I'm not a neuroscience. So I'm not, I'm not say, I shouldn't say that, you know, that you can't rewire it. I just from that conversation, I was like, oh, like that kind of makes sense because for me, when I hear we rewire, I think, oh, like a fix. I'm not mm. going to be that way anymore because I've rewired it. But mm. when they brought that language of uh, neuroscience is thinking, I don't know if we can actually re- rewire, but we can make enough connections to overpower those old connections. That's good. And that helped me a lot. So I feel like I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of what we do here. Um, like life coaching or just the healing journey all all on its own is like people have this mindset or belief systems like okay you're just wanting to fix me Mm. or you're just wanting to change me and I I know we've said it before but if you continue to believe that you need to be fixed you're not going to want to lean in because who wants to be with somebody that just wants to fix them Like, think of it as a relationship. (laughs) Like, you're in a relationship and you felt, and people have probably felt this before. I know I have. We're, like, they're, like, trying to say, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do it this way or something like that. But, like, it's, like, why are you trying to fix me? Mm -hmm. Like, can you just love me and accept me? It's going back and loving exactly who you are or where you're at or who you are now, making sense of everything, having a better understanding, and just getting love in. And there is, it's it's biblical, it's a love so deep that it just automatically changes you. But the core of who you are, the core of what you're always meant to be that has always been there, you're not changing that. Mm -hmm. It just, it's... It's just being revealed. Yeah. It's being uncovered and you're taking off all the shit that's just <laughs> been like like hitting you and burying you down, burying your light mm-hmm. and you're just uncovering it yeah. because you've experienced really hard shit in your life. Exactly. So you're just getting connected back to the core of who you are. It's not a fixing. It's not a changing. It's just like, oh, you're getting love back into where it reveals your identity and who you're meant to be. And um, one of my mentors said this. I think it was Sammy or Spencer. I can't really remember. Anyways, but they said the core of who you are is your child self. The child self that was before pain, before it partnered with all these belief systems that made it feel like it didn't belong, it wasn't seen, it wasn't heard. It was going back to that child self, mm-hmm. like that childlike wonder. Right. Which we're going to talk about that more um, in the future, but just to give clarity. Does that make sense? No, yeah. Okay. I, in my head, I'm like, wow, that's beautifully said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, are t- you articulated that so well. I do want to say a couple of things uh, before 
we, we, move, ha- on to we me. move on to you because I'm really interested to move on to you. <laughs> but I do, I do want to share some things that I had found when I was going through my Facebook. And so again, I'm, I, I'm painting this picture of like my inner world and I felt lonely, all these things I just shared with you. And I wasn't even really aware of it. Like I was aware of it without being like in tuned with it. Does that make sense? Like I just thought, oh, this is normal to oh, feel yeah. this way being on the inside. Oh yeah, being aware is just the first step. Yeah, you can say like <laughs> it's like it's like um this is a pendulum swing, so it's not for everybody. It's like a murderer. Yeah, I kill people. <laughs> I kill people. Uh okay. Do you know why? Like yeah, <laughs> you know it's just kind of like that. Like oh, I know an, I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah, I know I'm a bitch. But okay. Why? <laughs> But why? Where is that coming from? You know? Exactly. Well, but for me, I think, not I think, I know that this Krista, 15-year-old Krista, she was feeling this way inside, but was using her masks and all the things that she had learned to protect herself. And she was trying to believe that that was really her. So I was suppressing like what I genuinely felt inside. And I was like, no, Krista, God's got you. Like, you're okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like it without doing the work. And and I don't, and I believe God's got me for sure. But I, I also have to pull my weight and do the work too. But sometimes, okay. <laughs> Just a little snippet. I think Christians have done a poor job of using God as an excuse and just to put a band-aid over a wound that they don't want to face. They've created that. I think we've all created that. And I'm saying this because I did it. I did it. Me and Krista did it. Okay. So I'm not really (laughs) throwing any shade. I'm really trying not to be petty in this episode. All of these things are from our experiences. Yeah. So it's, I think we've done a poor job of like making that out into the world. However, if we were face to face with God, Mm -hmm. if you were truly face to face with God, He would confront a lot of things, but because he is so, so good and so loving and is a father first before he is ever an old man with a white beard on a throne, Mm -hmm. he confronts you in a loving way to where you do feel safe enough to expose all that gunk and bring it up to the surface. For sure. He doesn't put a bandaid on it. He confronts it. You face it. Let's get honest about it. And then we heal it. We we pour love on it. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay, go ahead. So like I was saying, I was trying to basically fake it till I make it. I was like, no, you're good. You're fine. Nothing's wrong with you. You're good. No, mm-hmm. you're fine. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to do that whole aspect of faking it till you make it. But it's funny because like on my Facebook, I would say things like, don't be fooled by the smile on her face because inside she's dying. Oh, my God. Literally, that was a post. But then don't worry. My next one was a uh, – it was a Bible verse, so don't oh worry. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and then but don't there's, worry. A, there's another one that said, I wish I had friends. Like, and I'm looking at this, and, and here's That's what I'm thinking. interesting because you had a lot of friends in ninth grade. Exactly. Like, a lot. I'm sitting here as 27-year-old Krista now thinking, Krista, your, your Facebook – you know, when you used to do T- to be honest or whatever all the time, like for a TBH. Oh, my God. I remember that. <laughs> Your Facebook was filled with people saying like, Krista, like, I think you're so pretty and you're so funny, but we don't really talk, you know, all like there's oh, one that just talk to you. Yeah, there's one that's like, uh, <laughs> you pick your guys carefully. I like girls that are hard to get. <laughs> 
Who said that? <laughs> this, yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. But like things that like I did not believe about myself at all in that moment. And it's funny that like I was, I was showing everybody kind of who I was on the inside, but then like covering it up with, you know, a joke or like a, or a Bible, verse. Bible verse. And I was like, hiding underneath that other compliments yeah and that's why I was like Krista like you had so many friends like you really did but you felt alone inside so it makes sense that you thought that nobody was truly your friend like yeah your perception of that like inside she's dying like you you were saying you were telling people that you posted that on your Facebook but then like you're like oh god so you know whatever I don't know whatever I said but it's just interesting to me now looking back at it because I'm like, man, I wish you knew. Like, I wish yeah. you knew, like, how special you really were in that moment. And you mm-hmm. felt that in the moment. Or how beautiful you were. Yes, exactly. You are. Yes. Yeah. And and I think that's kind of what makes it so special now is because I'm like, I'm feeling those feelings for her. Like, I do more in that, yes, she did not feel that. And, and I'm sad for her. But yeah. then I'm happy for me in the moment now because I've got that freedom. I've got I've, that clarity. I've overcome I've, it. Exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that because I so... thought you thought, I thought, wait, I knew that you would think that those Facebook things are funny. So that is hilarious. I don't, I need to look back at all my Facebook. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even imagine. Um, I don't get on Facebook anyways, but. Exactly. Oh, shit, I barely get on social media. <laughs> I know. I've I've tried to, I've deleted the apps again because I'm like, I just don't want to spend my time doing that anymore. Yeah, but exactly. Anyway, so that's that's me. That's my journey of talking to my younger self and figuring out, you know, what did I want to say to her? So I'm really intrigued to figure out why <laughs> eight, why four. Right. What would you say? Give me all the deets. <laughs> Spill the deets. <laughs> Spill the deets. Um, I think for me, when I was just like thinking about it this week or this past week, I think because a lot of stuff was going on with me emotionally already. Right. And I think it's just it's just one of those times where like, you know, your past comes up and haunts you just a little bit. But I've been through it before, so I know I can get through it. But I just felt like I felt so unsafe in my own body. Mm-hmm. And I've felt that before as a little girl. And the first age that came up was eight years old. Yeah. Well, this is this was just like the picture that came to my mind. Um, a memory, not a picture, a memory that came to my mind. And I remember me and my, I don't know where my mom or dad were, where it was. I can't talk. (laughs) I don't know where they were in this moment. And I don't know where my brother was either, but I think I remember like saying, Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm just like on the floor in a fetal position crying, saying, I don't want to grow up. I don't want this, anything to change. I want to stay little forever because me as a little girl, I was super sensitive to everybody's emotions, everything around me. I was super sensitive to just, I don't know the word, but just like things that normal kids wouldn't be sensitive to. Like just Mm -hmm. like pain. 
Gotcha. Everybody's pain. And so I didn't want to grow up because I, I knew in my head or I believed in my head at this age where growing up is going to be really hard. I know I'm going to experience a lot of pain because mm-hmm. I saw it in my mom. Right. So that's probably where it's coming from. And I just know that I'm going to hate life. Like, that was me as an eight-year-old believing all this stuff in my brain and in my heart. Like, I did not – and I was praying to God. I was crying to God. I was like, God, please don't let me grow up. Please don't let me grow up. It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. I know life is going to hit me hard, and I'm not going to be able to handle it. Please don't let me grow up. Please don't – and I was like, I don't want anything to change. I was so scared of change. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, my life already wasn't really good either. (laughs) I mean, I did have a good childhood. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I had a good childhood, but there was still very chaotic things going on and abusive things. So, um, but it felt safe. Yeah. Well, that's all you knew too. Yeah. And so, and then I was like, oh my God. And I was thinking of this little girl because I haven't thought about that in a very, very long time. And, um, and then I was like, where is that coming from? Why did I feel that way? Because I kept asking more questions inside myself. And as I'm doing this, like the anxiety is going away. So this actually does work, y'all. <laughs> so, um, and then the four-year-old version of me popped up. And and this is just like God's doing this with me. It's like this whole interaction <laughs> practice that's going on, this encounter. And this four-year-old comes up and I remember... Laying in my room, again, don't even know where my parents were at or my brother. <laughs> I think I just, like, knew how to isolate yeah, <laughs> and, like, fall back behind the scenes. I was laying in my room, and but all the lights were off, and it was very dark, and I was four years old, y'all. And I was staring up at the ceiling, and but I felt like God was there. And I was talking to God as a four-year-old. Four I was like, why am I even here? Mm. I feel like I should have never been born. Like, I was having, like, really deep inner, outer experience thoughts of, like, whoa, like, the whole world was created, the galaxies, the stars, the planets, and why did you create me? I don't understand. Like, I was actually thinking of, like, not wanting to be in the world Mm -hmm. and I think the world would be better off and I don't know why I was singing that at that age yeah and because I was four years old right believing like (laughs) oh I don't belong Mm. (sighs) and so I was just like yeah I shouldn't have been created I don't know why I was created I'm not explaining it the way I wanted I want to but it was like a complete inner outer experience and so I remember after that, well, I felt very, like, sad for these two little girls who was so scared. And I think the four-year-old who felt like who gained a belief system of, like, oh, I don't belong. I shouldn't be here. I think it catapulted into eight-year-old me and then now into everything that I experienced in my teenage and adulthood. So... I go back, I'm telling y'all my encounter, so this is just how I dealt with it. I went back and I laid down on the floor with the four-year-old girl. And it was just us two laying down on the floor. And I just held her hand. I knew she didn't want to be fully touched because 
whenever I'm in those moments, I don't want to be fully touched, but just to know that somebody's beside me, it's comforting. Mm -hmm. And so I was staring at the ceiling with her and then the eight year old comes in and this is all in my room. And in this room, I hated the room too. (laughs) I hated my room as a four year old because it was so bright. (laughs) <laughs> but this is when it was dark <laughs> and it was, wasn't bright anymore. And so, and then I got the eight-year-old laying on the left side of me. So the four-year-old was on the right, the eight-year-old was on the left, and I was in between them and we we're just laying there. And at first I was just with them in the moment, mm-hmm. not trying to preach at them, not talking at them. I wanted them to know that I was just there. And then eventually we got up and I, well, they got up. Little little eight-year-old Lex and then little (laughs) four-year-old Lex like sat up and looked at me. So then I knew they were ready. Mm -hmm. And so I just started holding them and said that I'm so sorry you didn't feel like you belonged on this earth. I'm so sorry that you felt like God made a mistake of creating you. And I think it makes a lot of sense because even as a teenager and an adult, you believe like, oh, God does make mistakes. Mm -hmm. God doesn't know what he's doing. (laughs) Like, do you even know what you're doing? Um, (laughs) And I think it makes a lot of sense that you're scared of the pain that you could potentially experience in this life because you saw so much fear in your mom and you felt as though like you created that pain for your mom because you were born. And because I do remember of like, oh, my mom's my mom's life wouldn't be so hard if I was if I wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. I think I made her life harder. I believe that. I think as a four-year-old, that's why I was thinking those things. So I just kept saying, I was like, it does make a lot of sense. But I just want you to know that you do belong. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) I'm going to cry. You are going to experience pain as you grow up. I'm sorry that your mom hasn't taught you how to navigate your emotions, how to navigate when people fail you, how to navigate when life is hard because now you're scared of it. But I want you to know that you're going to learn. You're not alone and that we are going to experience heartbreak. (laughs) We are going to experience abandonment. I can't take that away from you. I can't save you from that. But you're going to get through it. We're actually going to bloom into this like beautiful woman that we even never even thought we would be like how creative we are is so unlimited it's insane like I was just like telling them all the great things that I knew my little girl wished that I was right or would dream that I was and I also told I also told them I was like I know that as us as little girls, we were taught that Jesus loves you and that God loves you. And that is so, so true. And he's been covering us in protection our whole life. 
but I want you to know that God never promised us pain. And I'm so sorry that a preacher who was talking out of his own belief systems or deficiencies told you that if something went bad, it was God doing it. Mm -hmm. That's not true. God never promised us that there wouldn't be pain. He only promised us that he would help us get through the pain. And I want you to know that you are going to get through it. Mm-hmm. That even in the midst of those pain, of the, all that pain, you're going to experience really beautiful things. And you're going to overcome it. And you're going to experience such a love from Jesus <laughs> that you've never experienced before. And you're going to have friendships and even in heartbreaks, you're not going to regret it because you did have good times with those relationships. Um, And I was just like holding them. I think they just felt better. They felt hope. It wasn't attached to hopelessness anymore. It was, I I just felt hope again. Mm -hmm. As in like, you're not going to end up like your mom. You're not going to treat the life that you lived like your mom did. You're not going to continue in that cycle. So that's all the things that I was saying. <laughs> I think that was a little long, but yeah. No, that's good. Um, can I add something to say to your little girl? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like Krista wants to say to your little girl, like, I'm sorry that your mom never reassured you that her yeah. pain was not your fault. Ugh, and even good. today, her pain is not your fault Mm. no matter what is said or the things that come across like it that's all and and you have that understanding now but that's all her like you did not make her feel or make her do anything Mm. that was a her inner world you know I needed to hear that good (laughs) I was like it's not your fault. <laughs> not a, your fault. You're just a child. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, I know that all the struggles that you've been through and I'm like, uh, selfishly, like, I'm like, I'm glad you kept going. Like, yeah. I'm glad oh my and God, so yeah. incredibly thankful that like since from age four to age 27, you're like, no, I'm going to persevere because I, f- I know that there's a higher calling on my life. Like, mm-hmm. And I feel like it was like, because I, I know I've said in the past episodes of like, oh, I was depressed. I was depressed for three years or two years. But I'm like, I feel like I was depressed for my whole life. It mm-hmm. didn't start with a relationship. No. I think it just heightened my depression. Um, yep. So to blame my depression on a relationship <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, let's fall back. Like, no, that's not true. So (laughs) to take away that blame from him, it wasn't his fault. I think think it's just started as a little girl at four years old. Yeah, you just had very high-functioning depression. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, I think I've always had this sense of depression or hopelessness inside of me. And to be able to go back and understand where it was all coming from and to have and but to understand my inner thoughts just even as a little girl is so powerful. Like how powerful I was to be so in tuned with yes the world and with God and having those conversations with him. Because I've always had a knowing like I know Jesus is right beside me. I've been told this my whole life. Yeah. Like my mom was very good at like. Jesus is always with you. Jesus loves you. 
mm-hmm. which is great. But I think from my understanding, getting told that all the time, it's like, okay, he's always with me and loves me, but the, what the fuck are you doing? You know, yeah. like, but then it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> yeah. So it's just kind of like, I always had that understanding, but it, it was just really cool to go back and see how powerful I already was, but mm-hmm. that power was being diminished and it was believing the hopelessness, the depression, the lies of I don't belong, I'm not good enough, I'm at fault for everything and anything. So if somebody's in pain, that means I created that pain mm-hmm. in them. Exactly. No, I, I think that I agree with you. Like that is so powerful to be able to just put language to what you were experiencing that long ago. Cause, invalidating it. Uh-huh, invalidating it and then speaking over it. You know what I mean? And and that's my favorite part is the speaking over it part. And it's funny because whenever you and I first started doing encounters, like I hated that part because <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, that's good because some people. OK, go ahead. I, wanna... I, I was just, just going to say, but like, I think all that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, it, it, it brings a lot. It brings even more clarity to my brain about you yeah and I think that's also what's super powerful about going back to your younger self is like yes it brings clarity to your brain but it also can bring clarity to like the people that you share life with like Mm -hmm. sharing that with somebody whenever you're ready Mm -hmm. like can bring clarity and be like it makes sense like I see parts of four-year-old Alexis and eight-year-old Alexis in 27-year-old Alexis like yeah because you know you're the same person you're the same soul yeah your body has just gotten bigger yeah and I don't mean like you know what I mean I just mean like grow taller (laughs) yes (laughs) what is it vertically not horizontally yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) okay sorry just had to like gotta make things clear yes one clear Brene Brown says clear is kind so i'm trying to make things Amen. clear i don't know who brene brown is what yeah who is that i'm why are you looking at me like i lived under a rock <laughs> should i know her yes you need to listen to some of her pro- she's yeah she's you need to listen to her. i don't even know i can't even like articulate you know how like you love you know justin abby and and yeah. Spencer and sammy sammy thank mm-hmm. you um she isn't like a life coach like that kind of things but she still very much talks a lot about mental health and oh that's stuff awesome. like that yeah okay, cool. okay sorry I'll check her out Anyways, but to go um <laughs> back to what you're saying like you don't know what to say because you might be thinking this might be inspiring you like okay like what age is coming up for me what would I say to that little girl what would I say to that little boy like what's that first thought and like I said in the beginning of this episode don't overthinking it don't overthink it don't psych yourself out. If mm-hmm. you're overthinking it, I want you to take a moment to breathe. Stop. Stop thinking. Okay? I know that's easier said than done. But just breathe. <laughs> Focus. If you want to think, think on your breath. Yeah. And then things will come up. And just start listening to what your body, your pain, your little child self is telling you in that moment. And then don't say what you think it wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Don't say what is the quote-unquote right thing to say? What would a preacher say to it? What would a Mm -hmm. counselor, what would a life coach, what would a a mom or dad say to it? No, just think of it like, what is it needing from me? What was it needing in this moment? Mm -hmm. Was it needing love? Was it needing validation? Was it needing reassurance? Was it needing just somebody to hear? To hear 
it, to to see it, to see the pain, to see what they're going through. Because probably in that moment or in that time, nobody was seeing you. Nobody was listening to you. Nobody was hearing you. I think it just needs that from you. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Because when we grow up, not a lot of people are going to listen to us. But you know for damn sure I'm going to listen to me. I know that my voice matters. I know that I hear myself and that I'm seen and that I am loved. So you don't have to see it, but I'm damn sure going to tell it. Mm-hmm. You exactly. Know? Like I'm in control of my body. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because there's been certain things where I've been in a one-on-one conversation with somebody who was over me or as my leader and she wasn't listening to me but I'm like no but you're going to hear me yeah. I'm going to say what I need to say for me not for you to hear it mm-hmm. because I'm giving myself my heart that validation of like nobody has to understand it but I understand it and so I'm gonna say it yeah that's so good I I just really like I'm going back to what you said earlier but I just really want you to say right now with me, dear blank me, and put something in there. You don't have to know why you chose that number. It literally could be dear, if you're 27, it could be dear 27, or dear 26 year old me. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. Just whatever comes straight to your brain and then put it aside and then explore why that age came to your fir- your mind first. Explore that later. Just write it down and explore it later. Or if you're younger, you could still, I guess you could still go to younger you or yeah. you, I don't know. <laughs> I think you're going to notice once you start this, you're going to notice throughout time that more ages will pop up Yeah, and then you can attune to it, but just start with one. It's really, you don't have to rush it. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, just start with that. I hope this did encourage y'all and you learned a little bit with us or if you just resonated with any type of verbiage or language we put to ourselves and you were able to have a better understanding and put language to your own story I'm glad we could be here just to help with that yeah um but I do think this is very pivotal in our healing process and it's something that has helped me a lot in mine and gain a better understanding of myself but also gain a better understanding of who I truly am in my identity and why it's been so diminished for so long right but now I finally feel free to come out and be the person I've always wanted to be that I've always been and this encounter these steps these tools have helped exactly Exactly. I really do. I do appreciate y'all coming on this journey with us. Like I I think about it whenever we start our podcast. I'm like, man, it's so cool that other people want to go on this (laughs) with us and just listen and then reflect on their own lives. Like I just think that that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So we really do appreciate our listeners, those of you who support us. We love you so much. Yeah, I think it's just super cool that you're even having a willingness to do this. Mm -hmm. I think right there is something to celebrate like because most people don't most people don't have a willingness most people don't want to choose into this because it's it's hard but it's really not that hard once you're in the practice of it if Mm -hmm. that makes sense like go ahead and it tells me a lot about you the fact that 
you're wanting to listen to a podcast that talks about inner work. Like that tells me that you are intrigued and you're interested. And honestly, that's the first step is just being interested. Yeah. And then you're learning tools. So Mm -hmm. thank you for being here with us. I know we love y'all and we're super proud of y'all and y'all are going to do great things and go and just, and you can write a letter to yourself or do a little encounter or write down your encounter afterwards. I don't know. Whatever works for you. I do different things all the time. Right. <laughs> just <laughs> I whatever you up. feel in the moment. Yeah. You, you are your guide. So exactly. Whatever you feel like you need. And if you if you're like, oh, my God, what do I what's going like? I don't know how to do this. Just say, OK, what do I need in that moment? And you'll probably hear a faint whisper. Because you pushed down the voice so for so long. So just, you know, shh and listen to the whisper. Okay. Inside. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you could hear that. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, we love y'all. We're going to hop off now. Yes. And we hope you have a good day. A good night. A good morning. A good drive. A good week. <laughs> All of the good things that you experience. Wait, no. All of your experiences, may they be good. There you go. Wow, you sound like Yoda. Or even if they're not, look at the positive parts of it. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, bye, Love guys. You. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Too much.